The art of customer service is getting lost. The need for customer service is greater than ever. I don't know if people don't care if it's falling by the wayside, but it's it's no longer the focus of most places. And I think the, the customer service kind of mixed with the knowledge and just being there for the customer. Um, I think all together are things you can't get anywhere else to the fullest extent you can at Midwest Evening Appliance. Midwest TV and Appliance, you get more for your money. Rockets, hickory chips, smoke of the wet, based in. Now that we are assuming, I can no longer do the barbecue dance in the studio because, let's face it, this does this gets you going, doesn't it? Because I think they're awesome. Midwest baby. I'll give you a couple of tips for a successful barbecue. And and I I can do a pretty mean rib fest dance, just not if you're watching. My guest on Cooley Region Cooks, Tony Zach, who is bacon-free at the moment. That's a good thing. Thank you very much. Can you hear me? I'll just double-check this on the radio. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you, buddy. Oh, all right. And I can hear you as well. Yay. How the heck are you? I haven't seen you in forever. It's been a long time. Um, I've kind of been cooped up here in Sparta. I haven't been able to do any traveling or anything like that uh, since early March, obviously, with all the COVID stuff going on. So um, I've been just uh, working up here, uh, up here at Speedy Mason, uh, redoing a lot of our videos and marketing and all that kind of stuff. And obviously promoting our, our products out there. And I just haven't been able to travel around and, and uh, do my presentations in person. So I've been doing a lot of Zoom meetings. Um, I do Zoom at a few times a week now. And uh, I tell people that I was doing Zoom before Zoom was cool. Uh, because we, I was already, uh, I was already doing a lot of this before COVID even hit. But um, no, uh, business has been pretty good. Um, obviously, a lot of things have slowed down here, but we're starting to ramp back up, and uh, life is life is good. Well, that's the important thing. Life is good. Are you able to do any business, or are you just kind of dinking around in the office doing important stuff, videos and so forth? But are you able to work with clients and so forth over Zoom or over the phone? Yeah, I do a lot of do Zoom you? meetings. Um, now with architects and uh, distributors, I do a lot of training for our distributors that we have online. Uh, right before COVID hit, um, I was uh, planning to go out to California and do some training and stuff there. And the week that California shut down, I, I actually canceled my trip for that. So I would have been stuck out in California and had to drive back home. Oh, that would have been horrible. I mean, if yeah, you're going to get stuck someplace in America, that's personally, <laughs> California ain't the place I'd want to get stuck. Yeah, that's a long drive back so um so instead of doing those that in-person training i've been doing a lot of that through zoom um and then uh i have actually i was actually down in madison on tuesday um so i i actually did a uh, an in-person presentation for an architectural firm right there across the street from the capitol um oh, cool. so that got a little interesting that day if anybody's been watching the news but i was actually in the restaurant where um, a lot of that stuff started. Oh man, really? I, I missed it by an hour. Oh, I, thank goodness. I, thank God. I, I yeah. missed it. Because, um, well, and I'm glad you didn't do any work in that restaurant because I believe that restaurant is now rubble. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I, I haven't obviously been down there since or haven't really kept up on where that is, but um, yeah, I, I literally walked into that restaurant about an hour after everything kind of happened. 
and then we all know what happened that night with all the the rioting and tearing down statues and stuff like that which which is which is really a sad deal but yeah i was there um i i just missed that so good good um everybody in your family happy and healthy everybody's nobody's locked down well um we're all eating really good as well so uh, (laughs) eating too well i'm sure indeed all right well what have you been cooking these days what what do you what what do you do when you're in the kitchen are you playing with new stuff or do you just poke around with old family favorites you know it's kind of a a mixture of both obviously we've got all of our uh, family favorites we've got the you know our swedish meatballs and the soups that that i like to make and you know the the large meals with you know steak and bacon wrapped scallops and and um, sauteed mushrooms and twice baked potatoes and all that kind of stuff. But you know we're in a we're in a really um, weird time um, with our with our nation and with our food supply and our food chain and stuff like that. We have seen uh, we've seen a lot of shelves emptied at the uh, at the grocery stores. We've seen um, meat sh- uh, shortages here with beef and chicken and all that kind of stuff. So today I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about um, what I do um, to make sure that I have uh, the, the things that I need for me and my family. And and one of those things, you know, I, just just a few weeks ago, um, I had called up uh, a butcher here in Sparta and asked him to if I could pick up some ribeyes. And they informed me that they were going to be out of ribeyes for quite some time. And really? The next, yeah, the next time that they were going to see ribeye, um, the, the price was going to be nearly 20 bucks a pound. Now, when I hear things like that, I get a little, I get a little uh, freaked out. Yeah, yikes. I really like, I, I like ribeyes a lot. So, yeah. <laughs> so, you, you and know, everybody. So what I've been doing is I, I've been really keeping an eye on the uh, prices of meat and, and the supply chains and things like that. So it was shortly after that, I decided to um, call up St. Joe's and order a half of a half of half a steer. Half a cow. Sure. Um, now you can, now this is just, this is just what I do. And this is, this is a tip for, for people out there. If you have, um, if you have a freezer, if you have freezer space and you have, um, you have the means to, to purchase a quarter or a half of beef or even a whole beef and, and split it with some friends, that's really a great thing to do because I can get, um, I can get this beef for probably like three bucks a pound. Um, yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. Hanging. So you, you start taking a look at that. I mean, you can't go to the, you can't go to the grocery store and buy meat for three bucks a pound. No, not, not even that. burger for gosh sakes. And when you're buying right. it at three bucks a pound, that's three bucks a pound from the burger to the sirloin, to the prime rib, to, you know, every piece, three yep. bucks a pound. So that's going to be your hanging weight. So obviously you're going to have to take the bone stuff out of there. So when it really comes down to it, you're probably going to be paying, you know, right around five, six bucks a pound all in uh, when it's all said and done. But, but really you can't, you can't even buy burger for that anymore. So one of my things that, like I said, I, I'll, I I called up my friend Bruce and I said, Hey, I'm going to order a whole steer. You want to split this thing? So Bruce went out and ended up buying a freezer and him and I were (laughs) Yes, I do, but not right away. I got to go get a freezer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's hilarious. They're, they're actually kind of hard to come by right now, but um, it's it's really a great way to to make sure that you're prepared, and it's a great way to save some money if you can you know if you can you know purchase five or six hundred dollars of meat at a time. Obviously, that meat isn't going to go to waste. I mean, you're gonna no. you're gonna use that meat, and you can get you can get all sorts of different 
uh, cuts and, and things like that. You can figure out how you want to make the burger and how much burger you want. So that's really a, that's really one of my key uh, things. I also have another thing that I have them do is when I uh, when I get that whole steer, um, I have them give me all the, the soup bones for that. So what I'll do is I'll take those bones and obviously I'll make my beef broth out of that. It's, it's just fantastic and it's very, very easy to do. I mean, obviously you're just going to take those soup bones, you're gonna cover those up in water and then you're gonna add your your onion and your carrots and celery and- Sure, and all your Do you make it differently when you're making beef stock as opposed to with the bones of a turkey or a chicken or something else, Are do you add different vegetables, different seasonings, or is it all the same and then the beef bones or the turkey bones or the whatever bones? It, it's really all the same. I make all my broth basically with the, the same, same ingredients, you know, the onion, the celery, um, you're going to have um, your carrots in there. And then obviously some cloves of garlic, some salt, some uh, usually put some peppercorns in there, about seven or eight peppercorns and, and just let that go. You know, you can, you can cover it and just let that go for hours on end. Um, you can throw it in the oven and, and you can, you can bake it for hours. Um, you can also reduce it if you want that if you want that to be more potent. So you might, you might simmer it on the stove for, and when I say simmer, I mean, keep it. So it's not quite to a boil. Yeah. You're going to keep it about 180. Well, and it just kind of sort of bubbles, but it's way not. Yeah. You're just going to see a little bubble. Yeah. Every now and then. Yep. So you really got to have that dialed in. You don't want to take that to a boil. Now, if you, if you want to do that for a while and then you want to reduce it, then you could take all the stuff out and you could reduce it down a little bit more to have more flavor, which that's usually what I do with my chicken broth. I reduce that down. So it's, so it's really, um, really a good flavor. So you're making chicken stock practically. Yeah. But I'm Thick. pretty much making a chicken stock. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah. Um, and I like to do that with the beef as well. And obviously those, those stocks I use for all sorts of things. If you're, if you're sauteing mushrooms, if you're, anytime you're making rice, instead of using water, use chicken broth. Oh, absolutely. Or beef, or whatever the whatever the rice is going with. Absolutely, I it yep. has been years. In fact, then when I somebody turned me on to stock as opposed to bullion cubes, oh, I don't use that. So much salt here. Try this, and mm-hmm. I realized a there's a lot less salt in it, but b the flavor of of that uh, stock. If you don't have, you know, if you're going to use it as opposed to I got stock downstairs in the freezer, frozen solid. I need a teaspoon right now. I get stock in the refrigerator. Man, the flavor of that stuff is so good. Yeah, and you're going to use that stock for all sorts of things. Any, oh, yeah. Any soup that you do, um, you can use that stock. Any, you're right, though. Anytime you use water, instead of water, beef water, chicken water, turkey water, vegetable mm-hmm. water, I've made I've made stock with just vegetables, just, right. you know, because I, I never know what I'm going to need it for. Yeah. And when, when I store my stock, I always, I'll take, I'll take plastic Tupperware and usually a cup and a half or two cups or three cups. So you can get those different sizes of Tupperware. Usually when I make rice, I'll do a double batch of rice. So I need three cups of chicken stock. I'll just go to the freezer. I'll grab that. And then I'll just throw that in the pan and warm it up. And when it's ready to go, I add my rice and and away I go. So everything is all usually, you know, kind of pre-measured out for me. Yep. So very, very easy to do. And and it just it just enhances whatever you're whatever you're doing. Well, and it's that's funny that I was going to ask you what kind of storage 
things you use because a friend of mine, this is once again a long, long time ago, said I store my stock because I make it after the holidays. I make stock at Christmas after those bones, Thanksgiving after those bones. Anytime we have a big meal and there's bones, then I make stock the next day. What do you do with it? He said, I put it in various size baggies for two reasons. Because you get a two a two gallon baggie filled with uh, with beef stock, lay it on its belly in the freezer, and you can. He showed he sent me a picture of his freezer. He's got two gallon bags, one gallon bags, quart bags, sandwich size bags with all the different amounts uh, and type of stock in them. And, I, and he said, I I've got. 30 gallons of stock in my freezer and I still have room for food. Right. <laughs> that works. That worked for him. Cause every once in a while, I just need to chip off a chunk. And, uh, so that's, uh, that's how it works at my house is at little baggies. And then as it melts, if you need the whole thing, you can just rip the top of the bag open or just open a corner of it. Wait till it melts a little bit and pour out just as much as you need. You're yep. good to go after that. Another another great thing uh, my sister Sarah uh, mentioned to me one time is that you can take that you can take ice cube trays and oh. fill ice cube trays up with that stock. Sure. You can also um, you can also use those ice cube trays for um, say if you have sage or thyme or or some sort of uh, you know some sort of herbs that you're growing in your mm-hmm. garden. You can mm-hmm. take those herbs and you can throw those in the ice cube tray and then you can fill that up with with a stock. So then when you're making a soup and you just want to you know, throw some sage or throw some thyme in there. You that's can, that's uh, a that great in. idea. That's a gr- I've never done that personally, but I've heard a number of people who have done that uh, with chicken or beef stock and then fresh vegetables and have a big stack of ice cubes that you remember don't go in your cocktail. Right. Well, sage might go in there. Uh, you could put a, a little sage in a mojito maybe, but yeah. pretty yeah. sure yeah. that beef stock and sage in a mojito would probably not go over real well. Yeah, not the best. Not the best. Nope, uh, nope. nope. Well, that's a couple of good tips. I appreciate that. So, uh, so Bruce got his freezer. You got you split a beef. What is the first piece of beef you go to when you have that beef all packed away? And you're thinking, I'm good. I'm good for the summer. What do you guys want for dinner tonight? What's the it, go-to? My go-to is ribeye. R- right away. I love the ribeyes. Yeah, um, ribeyes are are absolutely my favorite. They've got the marbling in there that I like. Um, you know, obviously I like to put that on the grill, a lot of different ways to do ribeye, but I am just a, I'm just an open grill type guy. I, I like, uh, I like grilling with charcoal. Um, you know, the old school way, sure. Sure. For a minute on each side and let it go until you're, you know, medium, medium rare. That's, that's, that's my go-to. Um, I just, how thick do you have them cut your ribeyes? Uh, three quarter to an inch. Ah, okay. I, I like them pretty thick. Um, that's that's really the best way to go. And and there again, when you purchase a when you purchase a beef, what they'll do is they'll send you a they'll send you a sheet that you have to fill out, and it'll it will say you know how thick do you want your steaks cut. Um, you know, do you want do you want the liver? Do what oh yeah, size? all the all the parts, all the parts you yeah. don't normally think of. My dad would be rubbing his palms together. Do I want the liver? Oh, are you kidding? A quart of fresh pate? Oh, baby, this is going to be great. He'd have been freaking and, out. You know, how big do you want your roasts? Do you want, you know, two-pound, three-pound roasts? All, you know, do you want your, um, 
a hamburger packaged up in one or two pound packages, one and a half pound. So sure. you'll get all that on on the sheet that you'll that you'll send back to your butcher, and then obviously when you get it in, it's it's all going to be to your to your liking. Absolutely. I also have my um, butcher uh, when when they when they make the ground beef for me, I have them take uh, chuck and the spare rib and and the other parts and ground grind that up to a percentage specific for how I like my ground beef. So you can even get that detailed with it. Sure. Awesome. I bought a quarter of a beef with someone else and we were expecting to drive to Iowa to pick it up. And the guy called and said, apparently you've talked with a bunch of your friends about your purchase. (laughs) (laughs) And a friend of mine, uh, Dave said, well, yeah, my, my brother and my mother, why? Because, well, they're, they're both buying. So now I have enough beef from your neighborhood to fill my truck and I can deliver it. So we didn't even, we were preparing to drive to Iowa to pick up a pickup truck full of beef. Uh, He brought it up here because then he stopped at Dave's house and he stopped at Rita's house and then he stopped over there. We had it delivered. It was awesome. And sirloins, a big fat package of sirloins. I thought, well, there's two sirloins in there. That'll be perfect. Thawed it out, opened up the package. It's one gigantic. Have you ever? How do I do that? Have you ever seen a sirloin? It was big as my head. I've never seen a sirloin. I folded in half. You know, I had to unfold it. It's one gigantic sirloin. I laughed out loud and thought, "Well, we're gonna have a bunch of extra, so we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have fajitas tomorrow. Steak tonight, fajitas the day after. A lot of leftovers." (laughs) Yeah, you don't realize how big those sirloins are until you actually get them from a butcher. They are right. They are. They're much bigger when you buy them straight from the cow than they are if you buy them at the grocery store. Hey, can you stick around for a little while? This has been fun. I got to do a little business. Yeah, let's do some business and I'll be here. All right, good deal. Then you got a couple of minutes to think about what you want to cook next. We're Cooley Region Cooking. Tony, Zach, we're we're Zooming. And I think we're direct to Facebook, so I don't even have to do any of the tech. It's automatic. We'll be right back. Sadly, now that we are zooming, I can no longer do the barbecue dance in the studio because, let's face it, this does this gets you going, doesn't it? And and I I can do a pretty mean rib fest dance, just not if you're watching. My guest on Cooley Region Cooks, Tony Zach, who is bacon-free at the moment. That's a good thing. Thank you very much. Can you hear me? I'll just double-check this on the radio. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you, buddy. Oh, all right. And I can hear you as well. Yay. How the heck are you? I haven't seen you in forever. It's been a long time. Um, I've kind of been cooped up here in Sparta. I haven't been able to do any traveling or anything like that uh, since early March, obviously, with all the covid stuff going on so um i've been just uh working up here uh up here at speedy mason uh redoing a lot of our videos and marketing and all that kind of stuff and obviously promoting our our products out there and i just haven't been able to travel around and and uh, do my presentations in person so i've been doing a lot of zoom meetings um i do zoom at a few times a week now and uh i tell people that i was doing zoom before zoom was cool uh, because we, I was already, uh, I was already doing a lot of this before COVID even hit. But um, no, uh, business has been pretty good. Um, obviously, a lot of things have slowed down here, but we're starting to ramp back up, and 
life is life is good. Well, that's the important thing. Life is good. Are you able to do any business or are you just kind of dinking around in the office doing important stuff, videos and so forth? But are you able to work with clients and so forth over Zoom or over the phone? Yeah, I do a lot of Zoom meetings um, now with architects and uh, distributors. I do a lot of training for our distributors that we have online uh, right before COVID hit. Um, I was uh, planning to go out to California and do some training and stuff there. And the week that California shut down, I, I actually canceled my trip for that. So I would have been stuck out in California and had to drive back home. Oh, that would have been horrible. I mean, yeah, if you're going to get a, stuck someplace in America, that's personally, <laughs> California ain't the place I'd want to get stuck. Yeah, though. that's a long drive back. So um, so instead of doing those that in-person training, I've been doing a lot of that through Zoom um, and then uh, – uh, I have actually, I was actually down in Madison on Tuesday. Um, so I, I actually did a, uh, an in-person presentation for an architectural firm right there across the street from the Capitol. Um, oh, cool. So that got a little interesting that day, if anybody's been watching the news, but I was actually in the restaurant where um, a lot of that stuff started. Oh man, really? I, I missed it by an hour. Oh, um, thank I, goodness. I, thank God I, I yeah. missed it. Well, and I'm glad you didn't do any work in that restaurant because I believe that restaurant is now rubble. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I, I haven't obviously been down there since or haven't really kept up on where that is. But um, yeah, I, I literally walked into that restaurant about an hour after everything kind of happened. And then we all know what happened that night with all the, the rioting and tearing down statues and stuff like that, which which is which is really a sad deal. But yeah, I was there. Um, I I just missed that. So good, good. Um, everybody in your family happy and healthy. Everybody's nobody's happy locked down. We're doing well, um, we're all eating really good as well. So uh, <laughs> eating too well, I'm bad. sure. Indeed. All right. Well, what have you been cooking these days? What what do you? What, what do you do when you're in the kitchen? Are you playing with new stuff or do you just poke around with old family favorites? You know, it, it's kind of a, a mixture of both. Obviously we've got all of our uh, family favorites. We've got the, you know, our Swedish meatballs and the soups that, that I like to make. And, you know, the, the large meals with, you know, steak and bacon wrapped scallops and, and uh, sauteed mushrooms and twice baked potatoes and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, we're in a, we're in a really, um, weird time um with our with our nation and with our food supply and our food chain and stuff like that we have seen uh we've seen a lot of shelves emptied at the uh, at the grocery stores we've seen um meat sh uh, shortages here with beef and chicken and all that kind of stuff so today i kind of wanted to talk a little bit about um what i do um to make sure that i have uh the, the things that i need for me and my family and and one of those things you know I, just just a few weeks ago, um, I had called up uh, a butcher here in Sparta and asked him to if I could pick up some ribeyes, and they informed me that they were going to be out of ribeyes for quite some time. And really? The next, yeah, the next time that they were going to see ribeye, um, the the price was going to be nearly twenty bucks a pound. Now, when I hear things like that, I get a little I get a little uh, freaked out. Yeah. Yikes! I really like. I, I like ribeyes a lot. So, yeah. <laughs> so you, you and know, everybody. So what I've been doing is I, I've been really keeping an eye on the uh, prices of meat and and the supply chains and things like that. So it was shortly after that I decided to um, call up St. Joe's and order a half of a half of half a steer, half a cow, sure. Um, 
now you can now this is just this is just what I do and this is this is a tip for for people out there if you have um, if you have a freezer if you have freezer space and you have um, you have the means to, to purchase a quarter or a half of beef or even a whole beef and, and split it with some friends that's really a great thing to do because I can get um, I can get this beef for probably like three bucks a pound um, yeah when it's yeah yeah hanging. So you, you start taking a look at that. I mean, you can't go to the you can't go to the grocery store and buy meat for three bucks a pound. No, not, not even that. burger for gosh sakes. And when you're buying right. it at three bucks a pound, that's three bucks a pound from the burger to the sirloin to the prime rib to you know every piece, three yep. bucks a pound. So that's going to be your hanging weight. So obviously you're going to have to take the bone stuff out of there. So when it really comes down to it, you're probably going to be paying, you know, right around five six bucks a pound all in. Uh, when it's all said and done, but, but really you can't, you can't even buy burger for that anymore. So nope. one of my things that, like I said, I, I'll, I, I called up my friend Bruce and I said, Hey, I, I'm going to order a whole steer. You want to split this thing? So Bruce went out and ended up buying a freezer and, him and I were- <laughs> yes, I do, but not right away. I got to go get a freezer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. They're actually kind of hard to come by right now, but, um, it's, it's really a great way to, to make sure that you're prepared and it's a great way to save some money. If you can, you know, if you can, you know, purchase five or $600 of meat at a time, obviously that meat isn't going to go to waste. I mean, you're going to, no. you're going to use that meat and you can get, you can get all sorts of different uh, cuts and, and things like that. You can figure out how you want to make the burger and how much burger you want. So that's really a, that's really one of my key uh, things. I also have another thing that I have them do is when I, uh, when I get that whole steer, um, I have them give me all the, the soup bones for that. So what I'll do is I'll take those bones and obviously I'll make my beef broth out of that. It's, it's just fantastic. And it's very, very easy to do. I mean, obviously you're just going to take those soup bones. You're going to cover those up in water and then you're going to add your, your onion and your carrots and celery and sure. And all sure. Of do you make it differently when you're making beef stock as opposed to with the bones of a turkey or a chicken or something else? Are do you add different vegetables, different seasonings, or is it all the same? And then the beef bones or the turkey bones or the whatever bones? It's it's really all the same. I make all my broth basically with the, the same, same ingredients. You know, the onion, the celery. Um, you're going to have um, your carrots in there, and then obviously some cloves of garlic, some salt, some uh, usually put some peppercorns in there, about seven or eight peppercorns, and and just let that go. You know, you can you can cover it and then just let that go for hours on end. Um, you can throw it in the oven and and you can you can bake it for hours. Um, you can also reduce it if you want that if you want that to be more potent. So you might you might simmer it on the stove for. And when I say simmer, I mean keep it so it's not quite to a boil yeah you're gonna keep it about 180 well and it just kind of sort of bubbles but it's way not yeah you're just gonna see a little bubble pop. yeah every now and then yep so you really got to have that dialed in you don't want to take that to a boil now if you if you want to do that for a while and then you want to reduce it then you could take all the stuff out and you could reduce it down a little bit more to have more flavor which that's usually what i do with my chicken broth i reduce that down so it's so it's really, um, really a good flavor. So you're making chicken stock practically. Yeah, but I'm Thick. pretty much making a chicken stock. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. 
Um, and I like to do that with the beef as well. And obviously those, those stocks I use for all sorts of things. If you're, if you're sauteing mushrooms, if you're, anytime you're making rice, instead of using water, use chicken broth. Oh, absolutely. Or beef or whatever the, whatever the rice is going with. Absolutely. I, it yep. has been years. In fact, then when I, somebody turned me on to stock as opposed to bullion cubes, I don't use that so much salt here, try this. And I realized, A, there's a lot less salt in it, but B, the flavor of of that uh, stock, if you don't have, you know, if you're going to use it as opposed to, I got stock downstairs in the freezer frozen solid, I need a teaspoon right now, I got stock in the refrigerator. Man, the flavor of that stuff is so good. Yeah, and you're going to use that stock for all sorts of things. Any, oh, yeah. Any soup that you do, um, you can use that stock. Any, you're right, though. Anytime you use water. Instead of water, beef water, chicken water, turkey water, vegetable water. I've made I've made stock with just vegetables, just right. you know, because I I never know what I'm going to need it for. Yeah, and when when I store my stock, I always I'll take I'll take plastic Tupperware and usually a cup and a half or two cups or three cups, so you can get those different sizes of Tupperware. <laughs> usually, when I make rice, I'll do a double batch of rice, so I need three cups of chicken stocks. Sure. So obviously I'll just go to the freezer. I'll grab that. And then I'll just throw that in the pan and warm it up. And when it's ready to go, I add my rice and, and away I go. So everything is all usually, you know, kind of pre-measured out for me. Yep. So very, very easy to do. And, and it just, it just enhances whatever you're, whatever you're doing. Well, and it's, that's funny that I was going to ask you what kind of storage things you use. Cause a friend of mine, this is once again, a long, long time ago said, I store my stock because I make it after the holidays, I make stock at Christmas after those bones, Thanksgiving after those bones. Anytime we have a big meal and there's bones, then I make stock the next day. What do you do with it? He said, I put it in various size baggies for two reasons. Because you get a two-gallon a two baggie filled with, uh, with beef stock, lay it on its belly in the freezer, and you can st- he showed He sent me a picture of his freezer. He's got two-gallon bags one-gallon bags, quart bags, sandwich size bags with all the different amounts uh, and type of stock in them. And, I, and he said, I, I've got 30 gallons of stock in my freezer, and I still have room for food. Right. <laughs> that, works, that worked for him because every once in a while, I just need to chip off a chunk. And uh, so that's, uh, that's how it works at my house is little baggies. And then as it melts, if you need the whole thing, you can just rip the top of the bag open. Or just open a corner of it, wait till it melts a little bit, and pour out just as much as you need. You're nope. good to go after that. Another another great thing, uh, my sister Sarah uh, mentioned to me one time is that you can take that you can take ice cube trays and oh. fill ice cube trays up with that stock. Sure. You can also um, you can also use those ice cube trays for um, say if you have sage or thyme or or some sort of uh, you know, some sort of herbs that you're growing in your mm-hmm. garden, you can mm-hmm. take those herbs and you can throw those in the ice cube tray and then you can fill that up with, with a stock. So then when you're making a soup and you just want to, you know, throw some sage or throw some thyme in there. You that's can just, ah, that's ah, a that great thing. idea. That's a, I've never done that personally, but I've heard a number of people who have done that uh, with chicken or beef stock and then fresh vegetables and have a big stack of ice cubes that you remember don't go in your cocktail. Right. Well, sage might go in there. Uh, you could put a, a little sage in a mojito maybe, but yeah, pretty yeah, sure that beef stock and sage in a mojito would probably not go over real yeah, well. Not the best, 
not the best. Uh, nope, nope. Mix. No. Well, that's a couple of good tips. I appreciate that. So, uh, so Bruce got his freezer. You got you split a beef. What is the first piece of beef you go to when you have that beef all packed away? And you're thinking, I'm good. I'm good for the summer. What do you guys want for dinner tonight? What's the yeah. go to? My go to is ribeye. R- right away. I love the ribeyes. Yeah. Um, ribeyes are are absolutely my favorite. They've got the marbling in there that I like. Um, you know, obviously I like to put that on the grill. A lot of different ways to do ribeye, but I am just a I'm just an open grill type guy. I I like uh, I like grilling with charcoal. Um, you know, the old school way. Sure. Sear it, it for a minute on each side and let it go until you're, you know, medium medium rare. That's 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 my go to. Um, I just how thick do it. you have them cut your ribeyes? Uh, three quarter to an inch. Ah, okay. I, I like them pretty thick. Um, that's that's really the best way to go. And and there again, when you purchase a when you purchase a beef, what they'll do is they'll send you a they'll send you a sheet that you have to fill out, and it'll it will say you know how thick do you want your steaks cut. Um, you know, do you want do you want the liver? Do what oh yeah, all the all the parts, all the parts you yeah. don't normally think of. My dad would be rubbing his palms together. Do I want the liver? Oh, are you kidding? A quart of fresh pate? Oh, baby, this is going to be great. He'd have been freaking and, out. You know, how big do you want your roasts? Do you want, you know, two-pound, three-pound roasts? All, you know, do you want your um, uh, hamburger packaged up in one or two-pound packages, one-and-a-half-pound? So sure. you'll get all that on, on the sheet that you'll that you'll send back to your butcher, and then obviously when you get it in, it's it's all going to be – to your to your liking absolutely i also have my um butcher uh when when they when they make the ground beef for me i have them take uh chuck and the spare rib and and the other parts and ground grind that up to a percentage specific for how i like my ground beef so you can even get that detailed with it sure awesome i bought a quarter of a beef with someone else and we were expecting to drive to iowa to pick it up and the guy called and said, apparently you've talked with a bunch of your friends about your purchase. <laughs> and a friend of mine, uh, Dave, said, well, yeah, my my brother and my mother, why? Because, well, they're they're both buying. So now I have enough beef from your neighborhood to fill my truck and I can deliver it. <laughs> so we didn't even, nice. we were preparing to drive to Iowa to pick up a pickup truck full of beef. Uh, he brought it up here because then he stopped it. Dave's house and he stopped at Rita's house and then he stopped over there. We had it delivered. It was awesome. And sirloins, a big fat package of sirloins. I thought, well, there's two sirloins in there. That'll be perfect. Thawed it out, opened up the package. It's one gigantic. Have you ever, how do I do that? Have you ever seen a sirloin? It was big as my head. I've never seen a sirloin. I folded in half, you know, I had to unfold it. It's one gigantic Sirloin, I laughed out loud and thought, well, we're going to have a bunch of extra, so we're going to have uh, we're going to have fajitas tomorrow. Steak yeah. tonight, fajitas the day after, a lot of leftovers. <laughs> yeah, you don't realize how big those sirloins are until you actually get them from a butcher. They're, they are. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, they are. They're much bigger when you buy them straight from the cow than they are if you buy them at the grocery store. Hey, can you stick around for a little while? This has been fun. i got to do a little business. Yeah, let's do some business, and I'll be here. All right, good deal. Then you got a couple of minutes to think about what you want to cook next. We're okay. Cooley Region cooking. Tony, Zach, we're we're zooming, and I think we're direct to Facebook, so I don't even have to do any of the tech. It's automatic. We'll be right back. 
Now that we are assuming I can no longer do the barbecue dance in the studio because, let's face it, this does this gets you going, doesn't it? And and I I can do a pretty mean rib fest dance, just not if you're watching. My guest on Cooley Region Cooks, Tony Zach, who is bacon-free at the moment. That's a good thing. Thank you very much. Can you hear me? I'll just double-check this on the radio. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you, buddy. Oh, all right. And I can hear you as well. Yay. How the heck are you? I haven't seen you in forever. It's been a long time. Um, I've kind of been cooped up here in Sparta. I haven't been able to do any traveling or anything like that uh, since early March, obviously, with all the COVID stuff going on. So um, I've been just uh, working up here, uh, up here at Speedy Mason, uh, redoing a lot of our videos and marketing and all that kind of stuff, and obviously promoting our our products out there. And I just haven't been able to travel around and and uh, do my presentations in person. So I've been doing a lot of Zoom meetings. Um, I do Zoom at a few times a week now, and uh, I tell people that I was doing Zoom before Zoom was cool. Uh, because we, I was already, uh, I was already doing a lot of this before COVID even hit. But um, no, uh, business has been pretty good. Um, obviously, a lot of things have slowed down here, but we're starting to ramp back up, and uh, life is life is good. Well, that's the important thing. Life is good. Are you able to do any business, or are you just kind of dinking around in the office doing important stuff, videos and so forth? But are you able to work with clients and so forth over Zoom or over the phone? Yeah, I do a lot of do Zoom meetings. Um, now with architects and uh, distributors i do a lot of training for our distributors that we have online uh, right before COVID hit um, i was uh, planning to go out to california and do some training and stuff there and the week that california shut down i i actually canceled my trip for that so i would have been stuck out in california and had to drive back home oh that would have been horrible i mean if yeah, you're going to get stuck someplace in america that's personally <laughs> california ain't the place i'd want to get stuck yeah that's a long drive back. So, um, so instead of doing those, that in-person training, I've been doing a lot of that through zoom. Um, and then, uh, I have actually, I was actually down in Madison on Tuesday. Um, so I, I actually did a, uh, an in-person presentation for an architectural firm right there across the street from the Capitol. Um, oh, cool. so that got a little interesting that day, if anybody's been watching the news, but I was actually in the restaurant where, um, a lot of that stuff started. Oh man, really? I, I missed it by an hour. Oh, thank I, goodness. I, thank God. I, I yeah. missed it. Because, um, well, and I'm glad you didn't do any work in that restaurant because I believe that restaurant is now rubble. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I, I haven't obviously been down there since or haven't really kept up on where that is, but um, yeah, I, I literally walked into that restaurant about an hour after everything kind of happened. And then we all know what happened that night with all the the rioting and tearing down statues and stuff like that, which which is which is really a sad deal. But yeah, I was there. Um, I I just missed that. So good, good. Um, Everybody in your family happy and healthy. Everybody's nobody's happy locked down. We're all doing well, um, we're all eating really good as well. So uh, <laughs> eating too well, I'm sure. Indeed. All right. Well, what have you been cooking these days? What what do you? What, what do you do when you're in the kitchen? Are you playing with new stuff or do you just poke around with old family favorites? 
You know, it, it's kind of a, a mixture of both. Obviously, we've got all of our uh, family favorites. We've got the, you know, our Swedish meatballs and the soups that that I like to make, and you know, the the large meals with you know steak and bacon wrapped scallops and and uh, sautéed mushrooms and twice baked potatoes and all that kind of stuff. But you know, we're in a we're in a really um, weird time um, with our with our nation and with our food supply and our food chain and stuff like that. We have seen uh, we've seen a lot of shelves emptied at the uh, at the grocery stores. We've seen um, meat sh uh, shortages here with beef and chicken and all that kind of stuff. So today, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about um, what I do um, to make sure that I have uh, the, the things that I need for me and my family. And and one of those things, you know, I, just just a few weeks ago, um, I had called up uh, a butcher here in Sparta and asked him to if I could pick up some ribeyes and they informed me that they were going to be out of ribeyes for quite some time. And really? The next, yeah. The next time that they were going to see ribeye, um, the, the price was going to be nearly 20 bucks a pound. Now, when I hear things like that, I get a little, I get a little, uh, freaked out. Yeah. Yikes. I really like, I, I like ribeyes a lot. So, yeah. <laughs> so you, you and know, everybody, so what I've been doing is I, I've been really keeping an eye on, the uh, prices of meat and, and the supply chains and things like that. So it was shortly after that, I decided to um, call up St. Joe's and order a half of a half of half a steer. Half a cow. Sure. Um, now you can, now this is just, this is just what I do. And this is, this is a tip for, for people out there. If you have, um, if you have a freezer, if you have freezer space and you have, um, you have the means to, to purchase a quarter or a half of beef or even a whole beef and, and split it with some friends, that's really a great thing to do because I can get, um, I can get this beef for probably like three bucks a pound. Um, yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. Hanging. So you, you start taking a look at that. I mean, you can't go to the, you can't go to the grocery store and buy meat for three bucks a pound. No, not, not even that. burger for gosh sakes. And when you're buying right. it at three bucks a pound, that's three bucks a pound from the burger to the sirloin, to the prime rib, to, you know, every piece, three yep. bucks a pound. So that's going to be your hanging weight. So obviously you're going to have to take the bone stuff out of there. So when it really comes down to it, you're probably going to be paying, you know, right around five, six bucks a pound all in uh, when it's all said and done. But, but really you can't, you can't even buy a burger for that anymore. So nope. one of my things that, like I said, I, I'll, I, I call up my friend Bruce and I said, Hey, I, I'm going to order a whole steer. You want to split this thing? So Bruce went out and ended up buying a freezer and him and I were <laughs> Yes, I do, but not right away. I got to go get a freezer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. They're actually kind of hard to come by right now, but um, it's it's really a great way to to make sure that you're prepared, and it's a great way to save some money if you can you know if you can you know purchase five or six hundred dollars of meat at a time. Obviously, that meat isn't going to go to waste. I mean, you're gonna no. you're gonna use that meat, and you can get you can get all sorts of different uh, cuts and and things like that. You can figure out how you want to make the burger and how much burger you want. So that's really a, that's really one of my key uh, things. I also have another thing that I have them do is when I uh, when I get that whole steer, um, I have them give me all the, the soup bones for that. So what I'll do is I'll take those bones and obviously I'll make my beef broth out of that. It's, it's just fantastic and it's very, very easy to do. I mean, obviously, you're just going to take those soup bones. You're going to cover those up in water and then you're going to add your 
your onion and your carrots and celery and sure and all your of do you make it differently when you're making beef stock as opposed to with the bones of a turkey or a chicken or something else are do you add different vegetables different seasonings or is it all the same and then the beef bones or the turkey bones or the whatever bones it, it's really all the same i make all my broth basically with the, the same, same ingredients you know the onion the celery um, you're going to have um, your carrots in there and then obviously some cloves of garlic, some salt, some uh, usually put some peppercorns in there, about seven or eight peppercorns and and just let that go. You know, you can you can cover it and just let that go for hours on end. Um, you can throw it in the oven and, and you can you can bake it for hours. Um, you can also reduce it if you want that if you want that to be more potent. So you might you might simmer it on the stove for and when I say simmer, I mean keep it so it's not quite to a boil. Yeah. You're going to keep it about 180. Well, and it just kind of sort of bubbles, but it's way yeah, not. A, yeah, you're just going to see a little bubble pop. Yeah, every now there. and then. Yep. So you really got to have that dialed in. You don't want to take that to a boil. Now, if you if you want to do that for a while and then you want to reduce it, then you could take all the stuff out and you could reduce it down a little bit more to have more flavor, which that's usually what I do with my chicken broth. I reduce that down so it's, so it's really, um, really a good flavor. So you're making chicken stock practically. Yeah, but I'm Thick. pretty much making a chicken stock. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, and I like to do that with the beef as well. And obviously, those those stocks I use for all sorts of things. If you're if you're sautéing mushrooms, if you're anytime you're making rice, instead of using water, use chicken broth. Oh, absolutely. Or beef, or whatever the whatever the rice is going with. Absolutely, I it yep. has been years. In fact, then when I somebody turn me on to stock as opposed to bullion cubes. Oh, I don't use that so much salt here. Try this. And I realized a, there's a lot less salt in it, but b the flavor of, of that uh, stock. If you don't have, you know, if you're going to use it as opposed to, I got stock downstairs in the freezer, frozen solid. I need a teaspoon right now. I get stock in the refrigerator, man. The flavor of that stuff is so good. Yeah, and you're going to use that stock for all sorts of things. Any, oh yeah, any soup that you do, um, you can use that stock. Any, you know. you're right though. Anytime you use water, instead of water, beef water, chicken water, turkey water, vegetable mm-hmm. water. I've made I've made stock with just vegetables, just right. you know, because I I never know what I'm going to need it for. Yeah, and when when I store my stock, I always I'll take I'll take plastic Tupperware and usually a cup and a half or two cups or three cups, so you can get those different sizes of Tupperware. Usually, when I make rice, I'll do a double batch of rice, so I need three cups of chicken stock. Sure. So obviously, I'll just go to the freezer, I'll grab that, and then I'll just throw that in the pan and warm it up. And when it's ready to go, I add my rice, and, and away I go. So everything is all usually you know kind of pre measured out for me. Yep. So very very easy to do and. And it just it just enhances whatever you're whatever you're doing. Well, and it's that's funny that I was going to ask you what kind of storage things you use because a friend of mine, this is once again a long long time ago, said I store my stock because I make it after the holidays. I make stock at Christmas after those bones, Thanksgiving after those bones. Anytime we have a big meal and there's bones, then I make stock the next day. What do you do with it? He said I put it in various size baggies. For two reasons, because you get a two a two gallon baggie filled with uh, with beef stock, lay it on its belly in the freezer, and you can. St- he showed he sent me a picture of his freezer. He's got two gallon bags, 
one-gallon bags, quart bags, sandwich size bags with all the different amounts uh, and type of stock in them. And, I, and he said, I, I've got 30 gallons of stock in my freezer and I still have room for food. Right. <laughs> that works. That worked for him because every once in a while I just need to chip off a chunk. And uh, so that's uh, that's how it works at my house is at little baggies. And then as it melts, if you need the whole thing, you can just rip the top of the bag open or just open a corner of it, wait till it melts a little bit, and pour out just as much as you need. You're yep. good to go after that. Another another great thing uh, my sister Sarah uh, mentioned to me one time is that you can take that you can take ice cube trays and oh. fill ice cube trays up with that stock. Sure. You can also um, you can also use those ice cube trays for um, say if you have sage or thyme or or some sort of uh, you know, some sort of herbs that you're growing in your mm -hmm. garden, you can mm -hmm. take those herbs and you can throw those in the ice cube tray and then you can fill that up with, with a stock. So then when you're making a soup and you just want to, you know, throw some sage or throw some thyme in there. You that's can just, ah, that's ah, a that great thing. idea. That's a, I've never done that personally, but I've heard a number of people who have done that uh, with chicken or beef stock and then fresh vegetables and have a big stack of ice cubes that you remember don't go in your cocktail. Right. Well, sage might go in there. Uh, you could put a, a little sage in a mojito maybe, but yeah, pretty yeah, sure yeah. that beef stock and sage in a mojito would probably not go over real well. Yeah, not the best. Not the best. Nope, uh, nope. nope. Well, that's a couple of good tips. I appreciate that. So uh, so Bruce got his freezer. You, got, you split a beef. What is the first piece of beef you go to? When you have that beef all packed away and you're thinking, I'm good, I'm good for the summer, what do you guys want for dinner tonight? What's the go-to? My go-to is ribeye. Right away? I love the ribeyes. Yeah. Um, ribeyes are are absolutely my favorite. They've got the marbling in there that I like. Um, you know, obviously, I like to put that on the grill. A lot of different ways to do ribeye, but I am just a I'm just an open grill type guy. I I like uh, I like grilling with charcoal. Um, you know, the old school way. Sure. It for a minute on each side and let it go until you're you know medium medium rare that's 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 my go-to um I just how thick do it. you have them cut your ribeyes uh three quarter to an inch ah okay I, I like them pretty thick um that's that's really the best way to go and and there again when you purchase a when you purchase a beef what they'll do is they'll send you a they'll send you a sheet that you have to fill out and it'll it will say you know how thick you want your steaks cut um, you know, do you want, do you want the liver? Do what oh, yeah. all the, all the parts, all the parts you yeah. don't normally think of my dad would be rubbing his palms together. Do I want the liver? Oh, are you kidding? A quart of fresh pate? Oh baby, this is going to be great. <laughs> He'd have been freaking and, out. You know, how big do you want your roasts? You want, you know, two pound, three pound roasts all, you know, do you want your, um, uh, hamburger packaged up in one or two pound packages, one and a half pound. So sure. you'll get all that on on the sheet that you'll that you'll send back to your butcher, and then obviously when you get it in, it's it's all going to be to your to your liking. Absolutely. I also have my um, butcher uh, when when they when they make the ground beef for me, I have them take uh, chuck and the spare rib and and the other parts and ground grind that up to a percentage specific for how I like my ground beef. So you can even get that detailed with it. Sure. Awesome. I bought a quarter of a beef with someone else and we were expecting to drive to Iowa to pick it up. 
and the guy called and said, apparently you've talked with a bunch of your friends about your purchase. <laughs> and a friend of mine, uh, Dave, said, well, yeah, my my brother and my mother, why? Because, well, they're they're both buying. So now I have enough beef from your neighborhood to fill my truck, and I can deliver it. <laughs> so we didn't even nice. – we were preparing to drive to Iowa to pick up a pickup truck full of beef. Uh, he brought it up here because then he stopped at Dave's house, and he stopped at Rita's house, and then he stopped over there. We had it delivered. It was awesome. And sirloins, a big fat package of sirloins. I thought, well, there's two sirloins in there. That'll be perfect. Thawed it out, opened up the package. It's one gigantic. Have you ever? How do I do that? Have you ever seen a sirloin? It was big as my head. I've never seen a sirloin. I folded in half. You know, I had to unfold it. It's one gigantic sirloin. I laughed out loud and thought, well, we're gonna have a bunch of extra, so we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have fajitas tomorrow. Steak tonight, fajitas the day after. A lot of leftovers. Yeah, you don't realize how big those sirloins are until you actually get them from a butcher. They're, they are. <laughs> yeah. they're right. Yeah, they are. Yeah. They're much bigger when you buy them straight from the cow than they are if you buy them at the grocery store. Hey, can you stick around for a little while? This has been fun. I got to do a little business. Yeah, let's do some business and I'll be here. All right. Good deal. Then you got a couple of minutes to think about what you want to cook next. We're All Cooley right. Region Cooking. Tony, Zach, we're, we're Zooming. And I think we're direct to Facebook, so I don't even have to do any of the tech. It's automatic. We'll be right back. Hey, you know, sugar goes well in lots of things. Lots of things. I wonder how often do you put sweet along with your savory? Tony Zach is our guest in the kitchen. Normally you would find him speedy mason-ing. Or you might see him on the river sometime with his family. Or maybe in the kitchen making something with bacon. How often do you put sweet and savory together in the same pot or the same dinner, the same dish? You know, I, I, I actually use a lot of sugar in, 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 my, in my stuff. Usually brown sugar is what I'm uh. using. So I'll, like if I'm making a, uh, like a, some sort of barbecue or something like that, I'll, I'll be using um brown sugar um i actually add brown sugar to my chili to give it a little bit of sweet um with the hot um when i make my homemade tartar sauce i use uh regular sugar um in that i like to have a little bit of sweet in my tartar sauce so yeah i I use uh sugar and brown sugar for a lot of things i like i like things sweet i like sweet tea that's why i like traveling in the south because they have only two types of tea in the south if you haven't been down there there's sweet tea and then there's sweet sweet tea that's it um so uh, that's you why can't like get it. unsweetened tea you can get unsweetened tea but it it's frowned upon uh, as soon as you get down to like you get down to tennessee and 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 south of that they look at you and think oh you're from wisconsin aren't you wisconsin yeah, yeah wisconsin yeah all right well i uh I, I maybe i'll just stick with my uh sun tea a big Glass jar, 68 tea bags, a hot sunny day, and pretty soon I got some dark, steeped, not sweet tea. Yeah. That works for me. Then I can sweeten it my own self. Because some That's most right. more often than not for me, it's not going in a glass over ice all by itself. Yeah, there's usually something else in it. There's usually, and that's going to be enough flavor in addition to the tea. I don't want to get myself in trouble. All right. What was the last thing you cooked for your family? 
Last thing I cooked for my family was, uh, I, I know it's pretty crazy to hear, but ribeye steaks. Um, really? What a surprise. Yeah, I know. Shocker. Are you going to be so disappointed in mid-December or January when you're out of ribeyes and all you have left is bones or pork chop? Well, not pork chops, but, uh, you know, you've got little strip steaks and nothing else because you ate all your ribeyes day after day after day? Yeah, see, I, I, I don't run out of ribeyes. No. No, no, you bought you bought half a cow, all ribeye. Uh, well, <laughs> I wish. How did you work I that? Wish. Yeah, yeah. But uh, for Father's Day this last Sunday, um, my parents came down and I made um, made steak dinner with uh, sautéed mushrooms, um, green beans, twice baked potatoes, and bacon wrapped scallops. Ooh, and and they were phenomenal. Um, I'll tell you, you know, I. I post a lot of pictures on Facebook when I'm cooking and, and stuff like that. And I have, I actually had um, Mike Madsen messaged me this morning and, and commented on my bacon wrapped scallops. And oh. he said, you know, Mike. And, I do. Yeah. Fritz, you bet. So he said, you know, I don't really like scallops that much, but those scallops look really good. And, and I will tell you this, I, I hear that from a lot of people that they really don't like scallops and scallops are very difficult to, to get right. Um, a lot of people have had rubbery scallops that have been yeah. overcooked and like and shrimp. They're, yeah. They're, they're, they're really easy to overcook. You're absolutely right. If you overcook shrimp or scallops or really any kind of seafood, you're going to have a bad experience. You're going to throw so it away. This is, this is, and, and we are super blessed to be, uh, to have festival foods, um, in our area, festival foods as amazing seafood and, their scallops that they have, uh, if you get them out of the out of the meat case, they're usually really really big, and and they're fantastic. And and this is how you want it. This is this is how I like to do my scallops. I I will obviously rinse them off, and then I'm going to take that scallop, and I'm going to wrap it in bacon. I'm going to wrap just the outside edge in bacon. I'm going to put a toothpick through that, and then I'm just going to put just a little bit of Old Bay seasoning on sides of that scallop thick bacon or thin bacon um it i like to actually use like a thinner bacon yeah bacon just make it sure i but i usually just use a regular cut of bacon i yeah. usually i i buy 30 pounds of bacon at a time um from from my friends up in nola checks meat man um, you got a big freezer i do i i do and then i take that 30 <laughs> pounds and then i i put it in smaller packages, like eight pieces or 16 pieces. And then I freezer wrap them and, and, and store them that way. But when you wrap that, get the, get those scallops wrapped in bacon and then broil those scallops. So broil them on high for about six or seven minutes per side. So oh. you're gonna broil them. Then you're going to, for six, seven minutes, you're going to take them out. You're going to flip those scallops around and you're going to broil them for another six or seven minutes. Make sure that you have your fan on because it's going to put out a lot of smoke and it's sure. going to, you know, the, when you broil stuff, make sure that you're well ventilated. Well, how far away from the uh, heat? Are you middle of um, the oven or uh, up close? I'm, I'm probably about six or seven six. inches away from All right. the heat. All right. So, um, you know, a lot. Of, I'm still experimenting with our new with our new um, oven and broiler, and I'm usually I'm I'm kind of right up there, about that six sure. seven inches away. That works. Okay. You got to play with it a little bit to make sure you get it perfect. And then you've, then it's like the old days. <laughs> now, now I don't yeah. even have to pay attention. 
right, right. And Old Bay, so, that's it? No other seasoning? Bacon and no, Old Bay? I mean, you can always do salt and cracked pepper instead, but Old Bay seasoning on seafood is, is one Delish. of the best. Right. Well, and how often do you have people eat that bacon-wrapped scallop and say, man, these are so much better than any scallop I've ever had. And it isn't the scallop necessarily, or even the bacon, because everybody's had a scallop. They liked it or they didn't. Everybody's had bacon. They liked it. But this scallop tastes different. It's the seasoning all the way. Yeah, yep, yep. And it's the way that you cook it. You know, obviously, if you boil it. <laughs> well, you didn't burn it or rubberize it. Yeah, don't rubberize it. But but usually the, the bigger the scallop, the better, because they're just going to be easier to cook. Um, obviously, if you're just getting the little tiny scallops out of the, you know, in the in the freezer section, they're going to be very difficult to to do. Um, so so that's that's how I've done that. And, and I've had so many people say, man, I've never had a scallop like this. It's probably because they were overcooked at sure. some point. Yeah, well, you got to be super careful about that. Oh, man, I got so wrapped up in bacon-wrapped scallops, I'm late. I got to go check in with the guys over in the newsroom quick before they start slobbering all over everything in the newsroom. That's how it goes sometimes. You start talking about food. Everybody knows you're here. Uh, we'll take a quick break and be back in a couple of minutes with Tony Zach. We are Cooley Region Cooking on Wisdom. <laughs> Sorry. I'm just kidding. Tony Zach is my guest in the kitchen. Well, in our kitchens. Because he's not in his and I'm not in mine. And here we are together anyway. Not sure how that works, but I'm so glad that it does. And so we'll turn things off here in a couple of minutes. And uh, who will you be? Are you meeting with anybody at 1105? Uh, not today, but nope. uh, I'm sure there's plenty of things to do over here at Speedy Mason. Just uh, probably, hopefully, I can start traveling again and, and getting out there and getting in front of more distributors. Um, we, we've uh, started off this year strong with uh, with Speedy Mason getting uh, distributors like Wausau Supply on board and Interstate Brick out in California and Utah. And we've got some distributors out in New Jersey that are doing great, Pennsylvania. So uh, things are going well here, and we continue to continue to grow this uh, phenomenal product and Mike I always appreciate you having me on just giving some tips and stuff from a from a regular guy that, that likes to cook yeah well and I I was going to stop at one of those retail outlets and look at Speedy Mason but I probably won't be going to California or Pennsylvania on my way home today well we do have some distributors here in Wisconsin oh well. well hey you know that's nice I realize that you're global but uh, you know Keeping, if I'm going to buy a cow or a chicken from somebody nearby in Iowa, I'm sure not going to California for it. I don't care how happy those cows are. Yeah, I think really we do have happier cows here in Wisconsin. I'm pretty sure we do. Milking them or eating them, either way, that's the way to go. Hey, you have a wonderful day. Please tell the girls I said hello, and I hope they have a nice day too, making something that doesn't have scallops or bacon in it. Just, hey, thanks a lot, Mike. Just to mix have a things great up. Day. I appreciate you. We, uh, we Cooley Region cook every Thursday from 10 to 11. We're Zooming it these days. So uh, so you can watch us, listen to us on Facebook. 